There we go, Andy. G'day, mate. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. Uh, welcome, everyone. Jumping on today, uh, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom on a Wednesday. Uh, we've moved Wealth, Wine and Wisdom to a Wednesday because uh, it actually makes us drink a whole lot less because it's not Friday. So uh, <laughs> uh, good to uh, good to be hanging out with you again, my friend. Hey, listen, uh, welcome along, folks. Good to see people jumping on the, the live stream. Uh, we had some technical difficulties earlier today. We we are attempting to start the Wealth, Wine and Wisdom on a Wednesday at 4 p.m. Queensland time and 5 p.m. Sydney and Melbourne time. However, today we're a little delayed, but uh, we're trying a new streaming platform today, so hopefully it works a little bit better than it did last week because it was a little delayed and uh, Andy froze in all sorts of weird, wonderful positions. Uh, it was quite hilarious, <laughs> but not good for uh, not good for the the video live stream and stuff like that. So, welcome, 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 folks. Hey, listen for those who are coming back. Great to see you guys. Chuck a chat in the comment. Um, uh, where can we see the chats? There we are. Um, there's Alison. Great to see you. You're playing Monopoly with your son. That's awesome, Alison. Uh, there we go. Um, Alison's uh, Alison's in the house. That's that's brilliant. So. Good to good to see. Uh, for those who are joining uh, for the first time, welcome. Um, those who are coming back, welcome back. Quick intros as we kick off Wealth, Wine and Wisdom on a Wednesday today. Andy over there. That way. Uh, Jason Witten here. Um, uh, Andy and I started Wealth, Wine and Wisdom uh, as a response to helping our communities when uh, along came the wonderful world of COVID and the great toilet paper shortage of 2020 and uh, we thought we would add some of our wisdom from our industries, property investing and the world of the share market and the banking world from Andy and uh, we've enjoyed it. Uh, we've had some good feedback. We hope we've helped you guys too and so we're continuing to do that. Each week we get together, have a cheeky little wine and debrief the week from our two worlds where property and shares and equities meet hopefully uh, make a bit of sense for ourselves and also for you guys share some of that wisdom so you can make good decisions when it comes to your world of investing, managing your money, running your business, uh, those sorts of things too. So um, welcome along. Fabulous to see everyone here. Um, great to see a few people in the house. Uh, we've got Craig dialed in. That's good to see you, mate. Uh, Diane, awesome. Thanks for dropping by. And there's Bob. Bob, great to see you, mate. Uh, thanks for um, uh, popping by as well. So good, good, to, good to see. Um, hey, Robin's come all the way in from Victor Harbour. Victor Harbour, that is awesome. Good, good to see you dialing in from uh, all the way around from Victor Harbour. I've been there once or twice in Victor Harbour. It's actually a lovely spot. Andy, you ever been to Victor Harbour? I didn't even know it existed. Uh, so, mate, I'm a little bit <laughs> ignorant on that one. You'll have to enlighten me. Uh, one of my experiences. Harbour. Well, one of my experiences. Good to see you, Tane, as well. Thanks for do joining us uh, as we go along, Robin. Maybe you can enlighten us if this is the case still uh, on the way to Victor Harbour. But uh, in um, in SA, there used to be uh, a one way a one way. Andy, get this: a one way freeway. So in the morning you go one way. Um, and in the afternoon, you go the other way on the freeway. It was a one-lane, one-way freeway. <laughs> so you would head on down what, south. What happens if you need to go uh, home and go to the toilet at lunchtime? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, actually, I think it was two lanes two lanes in the morning on one way and then it swapped over in the afternoon. Anyway, it was a funny one, but it was, it was interesting. But great to have you here, Robin. Anyway, we're getting a bit off track, Andy, uh, as, we do, <laughs> as we tend to do at Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. But uh, great to have everyone here. Hey, listen, gang, what we do uh, in this next 45 minutes, an hour maybe, depending on how uh, we chat along. Uh, Bob's in there already, which is awesome. Bob, thanks for the questions. He's already chucked the question out. We, have, we will have time uh, for questions a little bit later on. So stick around, Bob. Love to answer that question. I certainly will have an opinion on that one uh, as, as we get going. But... Uh, what we like to do, Andy and I have got three parts, three sections to 
um, uh, three sections to our chat, our Wealth, Wine and Wisdom chat. And the first section to the show uh, is what's in the news. Dun, 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 what's in the news from a share market? Well, I haven't got my uh, my sound my sound effects uh, down pat just yet, but hopefully that doesn't sound too dodgy. <laughs> but uh, listen, what's in the news uh, in the world of Andy's world? What's in the news in the world of my world? Um, and, um, you know, what we like to do is maybe share that with you guys um, as we go. So I'll kick off this week, Andy, if that's okay with you. I'll share uh, my world of what's in the news when it comes to the property world and let's have a bit of a sticky beak on what's going on when it comes to the world of property. Uh, few of you guys might have already seen this one uh, when it came to the Reserve Bank. Governor Philip Lowe warns on house price boom. And no shit, Dick Tracy. Uh, you're late to the party, mate. Uh, we, <laughs> we knew this one was coming quite a while ago and, and uh, Andy and I have always heard about this. But um, listen, uh, yes, we have a bit of a house price boom going on and uh, that certainly um, – is uh, is certainly probably why Bob is asking right now about his question before uh, in the chat. So um, uh, this would uh, certainly be one for Bob to pay attention to. House price boom going on, yes, and uh, it's probably going to lead right nicely into Andy's conversation a bit later on about inflation. Uh, you will hear, uh, I think I said it earlier this week or last week with my morning coffee and a chats I have with my direct crew, uh, that uh, that uh, you'll hear, you'll start to see the words bubble and hyperinflation and all this sort of rubbish come out now. One minute ago, they were saying, "Oh, the world's ending and we've got a um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the economy's collapsing." And now it's like, "Oh, we've got hyperinflation." But anyway, back mate, to the point. We've What's- been doomed about fifteen times in the last two years, <laughs> but somehow we keep swinging. It's uh, it's incredulous. Yeah, at the end of the day, I believe I believe in human nature. We'll always uh, always want to survive and always want to um, um, you know go forward. So there's these ups and downs, but really at the end of the day, we're pretty resilient. Uh, we've shown that for a while. But the point of this is the point I wanted to make today, gang. If you can see here, uh, you know there was a couple of key points that um, he wanted to make. He said, right, yep, interest rates are driving these prices up and uh, Andy and I have said, well, shiver me timbers. You know, you can get an interest rate at 2%. You can get rent at 5%. You're making a 3% margin off the bat. That is pretty tidy. That's pretty tight right now. Uh, and this is the first time I've seen this, Andy. Ladies and gents listening in, this is the first time I've seen this type of gap, this type of arbitrage in the property market for my 20 years, first time ever, this type of arbitrage gap, carte blanche across the whole marketplace, which is um, which is uh, which is interesting. Yeah, George makes a good uh, good point here. Um, you know, economists use the dartboard when it comes to real estate, <laughs> and they're, they're not dead good right. at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've got a blindfold on throwing there. They don't get it right. How's that, though, George? Like, I, I love that. You can be an economist and you can get it wrong about a thousand times, and you can you still have a job. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I've I've yarned about that, that one before. But the point is, I am getting a bit distracted. Point is, the RBA Philip Lowe said interest rates are low, and uh, what he saw was, hey, we're not going to uh, rise or raise interest rates. That's not what we're going to do. But there are other ways. There are other ways. There are various other tools to keep house prices in check. Veiled warning, veiled warning. So this is my conversation. This is a shout-out for us, Andy, you and I. I'm, I'm giving this a little bit of a – this is kind of in the back of my brain right now. This is a 5%er. If you have a look across the ditch, if you have a look across the ditch, gang, um, to uh, our cousins, our friends, our compadres, our Anzac mates across the ditch in New Zealand – they have just been limited by their government and their banking institution where their maximum loan-to-value ratio now is 60%, 60%. I believe there's an outside chance of that happening in Australia um, if it gets too out of hand. I don't think it'll happen for like two to three, maybe four years, but uh, there you go, which is an interesting one, all right? 
Uh, last bit, what's in the news? Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll skip that. Uh, again, we're seeing these things <laughs> in the news, in the real estate market. 40 buyers camp out to get land in Sydney South, right? Um, after the GFC, we had the same thing happen, Andy. And uh, for those who are listening in, if there, if anyone was around after the GFC trying to buy houses um, or land, our supply, our supply chain, gang, our supply chain has been absolutely poleaxed. Uh, APRA completely stuffed it, okay? The government stuffed it. Uh, COVID just finished it off. It was dying. It was it was on on the way down. It it, it had had a two and a half year decline before COVID said, "Oh well, it's on the ground. We just kick the shit out of it now." So there you go. So right now we've got some interesting things happening in the news, in the marketplace, in the world of real estate, and uh, you know what I would say for um, people in our space is that you've got probably a two to three-year window, a two- to three-year window of these. It's kind of like almost it's a perfect 20-year storm for property at the moment uh, that you could you could make a good fist of it in a short period of time. I, I say always it's it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, this gig. It, it, it is not in any way, shape, or form a get-rich-quick scheme. However, I think there will be some reasonably – in the world of real estate, fast money made in the next two to three years, okay? Um, now, two to three years is still a long time. In your world, Andy, in the world of the stock market, wow, you can double or triple your money in a very short period of time in, in an instant. That doesn't happen in real estate. That doesn't happen in real estate ever, um, and that's where some pros and cons of the marketplace, the share market and property, sometimes depending on what you want, you know, and sometimes depending on the risk that you're prepared to take, you know, uh, that's what you'd look at. One last thing in the news. I did get a question the other day from Roscoe, and Ross asked about this supply issue. He's like, how the hell, how are we, how, how do we have a supply issue when, you know, there's no immigration? Nobody, nobody's come home. Like, nobody's being led into the country. Uh, and what you don't realise, Roscoe, is two things have happened. Uh, I think it was 230,000 Australians came back home from overseas, okay, and there were still 65,000 people uh, allowed into the country down from record highs of 250 plus. Also, what has happened is around 200,000 new buyers that were not considering buying real estate were stimulated by the government giving away close to $50,000 in free cash, okay? So um, hopefully that makes sense. That's the news for me this week, Andy. Lots going on, but, gang, watch this space. It's going to be some interesting times out there in the marketplace, I can tell you. Um, so, yeah, back to you, Andy. What's in the news for you, mate? Well, mate, just uh, just wondering, is it uh, when you said people are uh, in Sydney are going to a camp auction? Uh, did, did you mean that they were just going dressed up in funny colours, or uh, was it uh, that they are actually just waiting around for uh, for the opportunity to buy something good? I just, well, you uh, do I never know. You do never know with that, Andy. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, that would probably make camping out a bit more fun if you had a little bit more a uh, little bit more uh, party time uh, uh, down there. But no, camping out with a tent in line. Um, wow! To buy, to buy the real estate, when when we did it, we actually sent people from our company out to the the land lots, out to the developments on behalf of our clients. That's we did that in the GFC. We had fifteen of our staff, our team members, camping out in line on behalf of clients from Western Australia and and Melbourne and other places that that they couldn't buy, but we went out and represented them. We camped out and got them property deals. So it was, uh, it was good. So, yeah, interesting times. But like it's you said, mate, camping out. Love it. <laughs> mate, we've got a good party going on. It's a good to come and come and uh, party with us. But, but you say it all the time. I, I love it. You know, history is a mimic. And uh, sometimes, you know, some of the lessons that we had in the past can teach us something about our decisions now. They're not exactly the same. They never are. But they can be useful to review every now and then to see if we're on track so indeed mate mate that's it that's me done for the moment anyway uh what's in the news property done and dusted over to you andy fenton what's in the news when it comes to the world of 
of the share market. Mates, well, uh, it's uh, – oh, let me get myself up and above. Oh, Put yourself up in the corner there. Oh, well, if you don't, I'll just um, – I'll get rid of that, and there then there go. you are. What's in uh, What's in E? News. Uh, so it still works. Uh, it's uh, – <laughs> Just changed a little bit, so it's uh, it's been it's been interesting in in our market, and I thought I'll keep it topical. And also because last time we spoke a little bit in in regards to investors and traders. So in the uh, what you ought to know, we're, I'm going to drop a few bombs on you today, which will be uh, which will be great for everyone. Give everyone some perspective, allow everyone to have a bit more of a straight head, because you're going to see more and more headlines like this, like you said, and. Uh, so I think that we just need to contextualise them a little bit, and I'm going to t- contextualise them later on. But let's have a look at, uh, at at our number one man, Mr. Bill Gross here. B- Bill's uh, he's it's Bond Man Bill. Uh, Bill is one of the is if what if there is something to know about bonds, Bill knows it. Bill is the Bond Man. Bill Gross, uh, widely known as the best bond investor of this century. And um, anyway, he's uh, he's actually in retirement. So for for all of you traders out there who are who are trading futures and 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 um, you know making your your short term money, just understand this because this actually came from this article, and I think that you should know what you're up against when you're uh, when you're trading in these markets. And I bond quote the, <laughs> the the, uh, the bond man Bill, the one time bond king Bill Gross has been busy in retirement shorting shorting treasury bonds, pay, playing chicken with day traders on Reddit, and even making a bundle on energy prices. So just just know that when you're in those markets and you're trading using your, your strategies, understand that you're actually got brains like this boy here, our bond man Bill. Uh, who's actually working on the opposite side, trying to knock you out of your trades, and mate, he's got a fair bit of money to throw around, and uh, and he's been very, very successful in his game. But what I want to focus on here is something that you can't see uh, so much here. But uh, the legendary bond investors is predicting inflation to to rise to three to four percent. So mm. you're going to hear a lot about this in the short to medium term, and and later on, I'm going to contextualise what it means. It's not just Bill. We're seeing investment houses, Bridgewater, uh, inflation spiral. And listen to the provocative language, spiral, because we've got fuck all else to talk about, so we may as well make <laughs> it sound sensational. And he, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely believe that there's going to be inflation, but we need to contextualise it in, in regards to what does that mean so we don't get spooked by headlines and uh, and we and we actually make some good solid decisions because we like we said last week and I showed you those futures markets of the ten year treasuries yeah ten year treasury yield rose right and the markets tanked and you saw the headlines from last week it's over the bull runs over well yeah bullshit it 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 mean reverted in a couple of days. Uh, and we're actually now at new highs in the in the US market. So it was a bit off today, but uh, yesterday uh, the US hit its highest point ever on cycle. Uh, and uh, look, there's probably a lot more good news to play out there. So uh, is that in the, the same news- in the Aussie market, Andy? Like uh, I I was hearing somewhere around, and I haven't chatted to you about it, but is that like the the Aussie stock market is at a at a high point or on its way? No, no, no. Look, we're we're a little bit more conservative. One of the things that's really driven the U.S. equities market has really been tech stocks, right? So, yeah. uh, if tech stocks, so this is the this is the way. If tech stocks are up, the market's up. If tech stocks are down, the market's down. And it doesn't matter how well all of the others do, uh, they just can't make up for the loss on these just gigantic companies. They make up so much by way of the S&P 500 as far as market capitalization. Yeah, whatever yeah. they do, the market will do. So you almost need to do, if you want to have a look at the rest of the economy, you almost need to look at the ASX, uh, sorry, the, the S&P 500 without the tech stocks in there. Um, so, you know, the S&P 450, you know, uh, 442 or whatever it would be. Well, but that- um, that brings up a question in there with the uh, for your um for your inflation thing, and maybe we'll answer this later on because Diane's asked a question as well, which has just gone over the top of you and me, but about borrowing and foreclosures and um, uh, overspending and stimulus and stuff like that. So maybe we can sort of circle around to that. 
But what you're saying is, like, if inflation goes up 3 or 4%, you and I have been talking about, okay, listen, you know, your cash in a bank account is bloody useless. Bonds as a defensive asset are, are worth nothing. Um, at the moment, you know, last year inflation wasn't that bad, right? You know, 1, 1.5%. Um, so it was kind of, it was still rubbish, but, you know, if it goes to 3 or 4%, that's going to double or triple the issue when it comes to the 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 trash the trashless the cash the cash is trash commentary right is that is that is, like it's just it, pretty like much you know Ray Dalio one yeah. of the uh, Ray Dalio who's uh, widely known as one of the world's uh, uh, best investors uh, at the moment I don't have his book in here I think I'm still reading the last few pages of it it's a bit of a hard read for me. But uh, love the content of it, just not written in a way that you know gels with my brain. But uh, you know, he he's he's flinging around the cash is trash comments at the moment, and, and oh, he's so been listening to our he's been listening to our uh, our live streams, Andy. Allegedly, he's been dialing into wealth, wine, and wisdom, and he's been taking some of our uh, our commentary out there. Mate. It's amazing the kind of reach that we have through this unique mechanism of streaming. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but absolutely spot on, mate. It is, uh, and and for those of you who are listening right now, get ready for the questions. If you want to, if you've got a, a webcam and stuff like that, we'll pull a few of you in a little bit later on, and uh, and maybe bounce some of these questions that you have. We, these might, burning we might not be able to do the webcam today, Andy. It's a little bit more difficult with restream, but uh, we've got a couple of questions lined up. We've got Bob and also Diane have got questions for us. So yep, we're ready to roll. If anyone else had any question, like Andy said. Type it in the chat. We'll get to the questions part in just a moment. And look, I'll go into detail in in more detail about the uh, inflation trade and and what it means and uh, and how that works. But just to answer your point that you've just gone through there, Jason, that there's this thing called hyperinflation, and hyperinflation is where inflation starts to get out of control. So those are the headlines you're going to start to see at some point in time, right? Because and that's going to be sensationalist. Yeah. But effectively, as you as you rightly said, you know the the reserve banks do need when inflation starts to to kick off, they do need to then adjust interest rates to keep things in check, right? But well, at yeah, I mean, inflation is not a bad thing, right? It's just you don't want it out of control, right? No, you, inflation. You want inflation. Yeah. That means the yeah. average costs of things are going up. Uh, and what we're going to talk about later on is, I don't believe that we're going to see true inflation until we see wage inflation. Uh, and yeah, here's the other thing is yeah. that inflation could spike really heavily, and I'm getting into some of my content from later, but inflation could spike really heavily for one year, and realistically it's not going to do much as far because it's – Well, it's fake inflation, right? Like, so, yeah, let's let's use an example right now. You and I are chatting about you know earlier – it was yesterday, right? You and I were talking about like I just had a chat with one of the builders that we work with for, with our clients, and he said roofing's gone up 600%, right? It, you know. So and and then you you said it and he said it as well. You know timber, you know timber, um, is is really an issue right now. So he said that they were going to choose now to do all their houses in steel framing, not timber framing. Right. So now what potentially what you're saying is like it's fake inflation for the moment because you know for example in Australia. We we often have a good quality uh, labour source from immigration, and right now that that's that's been stopped, so we don't have any ways to react to. Let's get another ten thousand roofers in from overseas, you know, from all over the world to deal with our problem. We can't at this point in time, but that will change. That will change. Is what you're saying? It's like it's not real inflation because we, until we see real inflation, which is wages and other bits and pieces. It's fake inflation because it's situationally enforced because we're restricted at the moment or something's going on, yeah? Yeah, 100%. And, look, we need to understand two parts of this, which I wasn't going to go into, but there's two sort of key parts of inflation. So there's demand pull or cost push, right? And at the moment what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of demand pull. And demand pull is that, things are in greater levels of demand because of supply shortages at the moment. Or it could be that a market is just absolutely going gangbusters and there's a shortage of the stock. 
And so demand will pull the price of those things up, right? So that, and that's what we're going to see here is because yeah, if I've got yeah. 20 people, uh, but I've only got enough product for one, I'm going to sell that for significant volume. In, I'm going to sell that as long as I'm not locked in for contracts, I'm going to go for a, a very, very big premium. The, the opposite side of it is cost push inflation. And cost push inflation is, is more of that measure where the costs of production are going up due to wages increasing, affluence increasing. So the actual cost of labour, the cost of the underlying goods is going up. And as a result, that's increasing the cost of product. So when we start to think about inflation, we've got, we can't just go, inflation's going up you know, game over for the stock market. Um, and by the way, inflation is very good for real assets like property and commercial property. Totally. Um, yeah. 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 Because where do you go? So you, you go into these assets. These are the things that are going up in value. But I just want to, uh, throughout later on, I want to contextualize it so that people don't get scared and have a, a bit of an understanding because ultimately this demand pull, right, as borders open, because at the moment we've kind of got this. I want product, right? But you can't get out. You've got to somehow go around it, and that's taking a lot of time. That doesn't look too good, does it? Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's the second time you've drawn something inappropriate <laughs> on Wealth Water with Andy Fenn. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really quite inappropriate, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> but it's. Uh, at some point in time, I'm just going to make it worse. But at some point in time, those barriers are going to come back down, and and we're going to see that there's a cost push of inflation, which means that because of the delay and because companies need to make up the losses that they've had, perhaps they're going to increase the cost of production and, and, and goods out there. We don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, but that is a more of an open market type of uh, inflationary measure, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting a few good questions here too, so it would be good to sort of dive into that as we go along. But for me, this is a key part. It's the demand pool because that will equalise, right? And when that equalises, um, that, that inflation could come back very quickly, right? Yep. Because just by the fact of borders coming open, anybody who's uh, great and loves history, go back, read the books. And I've said this for over a year now, read the books uh, that, that, that about economics and, 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 uh, and things post-World War II, right? Just you know, life post-World War II, you're going to start to see a lot of these themes coming up. But here's the other side of inflation, right? And I just love this. As a headline, I just thought it was awesome, right? Because there's the good old stimulus coming over in the US, and this is one of the first headlines, where to invest your $1,400 stimulus check. Now, uh, you could invest it in a widescreen television. Uh, you could invest it in the stock market. <laughs> Uh, the reality is both of them are going to have pretty similar effects. Uh, you know, they will drive equity prices. They will drive uh, the, the, uh, the, the games of the world, the television companies of the world, the, uh, the studios of the world. It's going to drive those areas. So you're going to see this stimulus hit the stock market. Some 1. Way, 3, $1.3 trillion, right? $1.3 trillion. Is that right? Something is it? unfathomable, and I, I, I heard the statistic this morning, and I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of three hundred million. Uh, sorry, yeah, or was it one hundred and fifty million stimulus checks are going to be posted out over the next like two weeks or three weeks or something like just ridiculous. It's, it's mad. It's mad, isn't it? it I remember. I, I, I really I, hope you're not posting the bloody checks out because <laughs> if they posted, can you imagine how many of them are going to go missing? <laughs> I reckon. I reckon people will be be uh, grabbing people. Well, it's crazy, right? So, like 1.3 trillion dollars being pumped into the into the 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 economy, and they don't want people to squirrel it away. They want people to spend it, right? That's the point. Um, and I, I saw a very a very funny skit about that you know if you want if you want the economy to be taken care of like send send the the uh send the fourteen hundred dollars to people who are into buying televisions not into investing right like because or people who would uh you know squirrel it away but um you know that that's a big thing that's that's great it's you know well at the end of the day you know where where does it where does it stop you know kick the can down the road at the end of the day um you know, 
this this stimulus for us as you know, relatively small fry in the scheme of things. We're like, well, what can we do? What can we do about this? How can we how can we make the most of this for us? You know, when it comes to investing or our positions. And look, that's what we're going to go through as these things start to roll out, mate. Their their conversations for 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 the next few wine and wisdoms. But um, I reckon, but right, <laughs> mate. You you'll see this hit, and and just this will cause inflation of its own own type. Right, so this is synthetic inflation because it's a lot of money pumped into the into the broader market, and the money is getting spent and invested, and so it's going to increase stock markets or increase consumer behaviour um, or a combination, yeah, of yeah. which is yeah. most likely. So, yeah. uh, made some very very polar sort of commentary in the news, but mate, it's uh, it all lines up. It um, and when you just strip back the sensationalist and read in between the lines, you know, that's where the real story actually sits and that's, that's what's in the news down in my neck of the woods. Mate, love it, mate. Uh, that's, that's great to see. Um, why, don't we, why don't we bump ourselves back in here, stop, stop the share, Andy, if you, if you can, and away we go. So, yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, for all of us, we want to see, you know, okay, what do we do with this stuff? Like where, where do we put it? How do we make the most of it? Um, because uh, like you said, you know, there's a lot of noise in the stock market. There's a lot of change often and uh, it can be overwhelming, right? So I think it would be good. I think I think uh, that would be great the next uh, couple of Wealth, Wine and Wisdoms. We talk about what that might look like when we can make some, you know, potential investing decisions you know and how we can make the most of it which would be uh which would be so um i thought we might uh because i think we just did a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh things you things you should know anyway uh when, when we just we just did that just now so i think that's uh that's uh done and dusted so that maybe we'll we'll uh, jump to uh anyone got any questions and some of the team have got some questions here which is awesome and um, you know uh, the first question off the off the cab, which was from Bob, uh, is now a, a good time to sell a house with prices so high. Um, and the answer is absolutely, Bob. It's a great time to sell a house. Prices are looking great. Uh, now, what I would say, what I would say right now to Bob and anyone else listening in, I don't think we've had uh, our run just yet. And if you don't need to sell, Bob. Uh, then I would probably stick it out for another six or twelve months if I was you, and um, I wouldn't wait two or three years if you needed to sell or you wanted to sell, but another six or twelve months because I think we're only getting our mojo on right now when it comes to a little bit of our momentum, and the market, for those in the know, um, is picking up some frenzy and some momentum. But uh, Bob, you know, depending on where your property is. You know, would uh, would probably give me the yep, get out and get get in somewhere else, or um, no, mate, stick it out. You, you you're better off just running with it. I actually had this conversation yesterday with a couple of my clients, and um, now, now there was two things, and I'll just I'll tell a quick story, Bob, for you and Andy, um, those listening in. Number one. The client owned a property in a regional location, and number two, uh, a client owned a property in a city location. Now, the outcome of what they were trying to do was buy their own home. Okay, buy their own home. So, and it was the city location was the same city they wanted to buy their own home in. They were living in an older property, and they wanted to get it in a newer property. So, in essence, what happened was. I said, right, well, listen, at the end of the day, if you wait around in the big city, you're just going to be like uh, they wanted to move from a, an okay location to a better location, and if you wait around, the better location will outstrip the value of the other location. So so the point is I said in the city, sell now, take the money and get into the other location. In the regional let it run for another 12 months because I think you've got momentum and you'll you'll get some more money. So it, it, there, there was a kind of a double-pronged strategy in that one when it comes to is it good to sell. What, what, what would you say, Andy? Look, and it's the strategy. Like like you said, there's it's 
how you're going to do it, what you're going to do with it. If it's a taxable asset, how are you going to minimize the tax? Yes. Paying out of the sale of that asset. Uh, and, you know, again, it needs to fit into your longer-term strategy. So whether that is yep. to then double down and, and buy the, the big house of the dreams for the beginning of the retirement, of which is part investment, and you use that as a downsizing strategy later on uh, to save some tax-free assets, you, you really got to start to think a little bit strategically, not just is it up, is it down. And But I 100% agree. I think that you know there's a lot of dog properties that are going to sell for really nice prices, uh, which give people the opportunity to get out. And but th then there's places like I think Kalgoorlie was just mentioned in the chat, where yes. there's some significant stuff going on in WA. So you may want to just wait. And it, but again, trying to pick the top or the bottom, uh, you're just going to well, do it by luck. Well, what do they say, Andy? If you try to pick the bottom, you end up with a smelly finger. Um, <laughs> that's just <laughs> the bottom of the market. That's probably a bit gross anyway, but um, but the point is no one knows. Um, but uh, just to to put a bookend on Bob's question, Wollongong City, Bob, if I was you and you didn't need to sell right now, I would let Wollongong run for a bit, mate. I think you've got I think you've got a I think you've got some great some great momentum in New South Wales as a market. Um, my my wife just roused on me. She said, seriously, Jason Witten. <laughs> I just got in trouble for that one. <laughs> but uh, allegedly, Bob Jason, allegedly, it may be possibly, <laughs> maybe a good or a bad decision to sell. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, for me, for me, Bob, uh, yeah, ooh, gross. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> oh, that's what happens forgot, when you let. I forgot about the lag. <laughs> I forgot about the time lag. It's it's uh, the. <laughs> uh, oh, are they still talking uh, about our mate Bill Gross? Are they? No, no Robin. Yeah, no, no. I'll I'll sort myself out there. Uh, you know, but uh, back to Bob. Like Andy said, you know, may or may not be, but at the end of the day, it comes back to a few really prime things. Bob, is it part of your strategy? Is there other things you need to consider, tax effectiveness and so on? And then if you do sell a property, what are you going to do with it? Because there is zero, there's zero reason right now that I believe that you should sell property to then sit it in cash. That would be that would be a poor manoeuvre. Um, yes. And, and now, Andy, you know, for the first time in my 20 years as well, uh, selling a property or getting cash and putting it against your home loan is is almost irrelevant as well. Like you know, I I remember back in the day, back in my day, my first loan was eleven percent. So if you had spare cash, you chucked it in your offset account. <laughs> you chucked it in your offset account. And you like you made money. It, it it was smart. But right now, if you if your interest rate is two point one percent or one point nine percent, again, if inflation is three percent, your money sitting in your offset account is devaluing. And this is. This is the conundrum where we where we find ourselves right now. Anyway, so you know, at the end of the day, uh, Robin's got a couple of questions. Uh, so she's got. Uh, oh, hang on, uh, I just I jumped over Diane here. So Dan, do you think there's a large portion of people who would uh, over borrow and end up foreclosing due to overspending, um, potentially to the stimulus? So I might answer the first part, Andy, and you can answer the second part. Um, which is the stimulus, you know, the economic mm. stimulus. So uh, for me, uh, Diane, it doesn't look like the same lending uh, irresponsibility now as it was before the GFC, okay? Even though Australia was still one of the safest lending practices in the world in the top five, we were still exposed to a small amount less than 1% of like no doc lending it was it wasn't rampant like in america and the and the uk and europe and stuff like that so for me right now diane it would be my call that lending and over borrowing right now would be almost and and touch wood almost impossible it's actually the other way around which is it's been the bloody the hardest to lend and leverage that I have ever seen in my 22 years of investing. Um, so I don't think that will occur, Diane. 
uh, unless in the next few years things get real funky and real loose, but I don't think it'll get completely loose because there's there's enough checks and balances in the marketplace for that not to occur in Australia. Andy, what do you think? Mate, look, I'm going to attack it from a completely different uh, perspective. Uh, and look, Diana, I reckon it's a great question. Like there are so many just different ways that you could tackle this question. I'm just going to attack it from the, from the opposite end uh, and and talk about, you know, economically we're going to go downhill after COVID stimulus is paid. So for, for those of you who used to watch Wine and Wisdom way back when uh, we started, you will remember the seasons of stimulus that we went through um, uh, some time ago. So we had our winter which was October, December, which was actually our summer, which is slightly ironic. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're in that sort of spring period. At, at zoom now. in, Andy. Zoom in if you're on your iPad. Can you zoom in and, and show everyone? Can you? Yep. Yeah, perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, that's good. Good, good. So what ended up happening is uh, in October, December, they, in Australia, we started repealing stimulus. Now, what you've got to remember, Diana, is that we've also got uh, Europe, the UK, still well and truly in it. God, I look like um, Donald Trump. This is really, <laughs> really, really good thing. We are the best ever. Little Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. And uh, so we've got to remember that, you know, Europe is still well and truly uh, suffering throughout this COVID and there's potentially going to be more stimulus dropped in different ways over over there. We do have the Brexit uh, now, and we do have a couple of people who managed to get out of the royal family. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> it looks like Oprah is back. Like, go Oprah. Um, so yeah, those are got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But what does is uh, effectively where we are now in Australia. And so this is my opinion as to, to what's going to happen is that the, 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 new, uh, the, the new package that's going to come out from uh, our, our parliament uh, in, uh, in May as far as the budget's going to be concerned, it's going to be another type of stimulus. It's not going to be labelled that uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but there's going to be sti- significant stimulus measures in there. Because here's the thing, if they mm. don't, they're going to put the handbrakes onto an economy at exactly the worst point in time, right? Yeah, and the they cannot time. do that. If they tighten yep. the reins too quickly, they will choke all of the work that they've done. I'm, and notice how I didn't say good work. I just said the work that they have done. Um, I hand out praise easily when it's deserved. Pretty harsh, Andy. I reckon it's been awesome. <laughs> uh, well, look, I think from, you know, how we've been able to take it and use it, but uh, made some of the stuff behind it, and, and we'll go into it another time, you know, zombie companies that they've even talked about uh, now the new loans that are going out to, to the market. So hear this, hear thee, hear ye, hear thee. Uh, check out at the moment because there are still government loans, unsecured government loans, two out of 40 million, billion. It's so bloody hard to tell these days because the numbers have just gone troppo. But um, so only a tiny fraction of the small business loans were actually taken up uh, that were out there, the unsecured ones. Now, they're focused on tourism, travel, um, and aviation, right? So the government ultimately wants to pick the sectors. It's literally like being at play school and there's a game that's going on. There's two ringleaders that are up there and they get to pick their teams and they're picking their favourites. So they're just big bullies of the economic system in a way. But if you're in those sectors, check it out. If you're not in those sectors and you're, and this is a really, this is a really good tidbit. I'll get back to this in in a tick. If you're looking at your bank and you're like me, who's you're a small business and you've got that thing coming through the bank that says, here is an overdraft, Andy. You can have a small business loan. Happy days. We will give you $75,000. You don't even have to lodge any more paperwork. Just sign a few things. Um, and I'll get back to Diana's question in a moment. Check that and make sure that you check that because all of the ones that I've seen that aren't government related are all secured. And they're secured at an interest rate of six to seven percent. Six to seven percent. So there's dodgy stuff being done left, right, and centre. Buyer beware, look into it. So yep. economically, will COVID, you know, once the stimulus is repealed, I think that we'll get a little bit more, but it'll just be a little bit uh, uh, it'll be a little bit covert, if you will. COVID covert. Uh, and 
the reality is that there are going to be lots of sectors that are going to boom from this. And economically, the numbers are actually looking reasonably good. So the, 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 the trend that nobody knows is what uh, as how quickly the globe is going to start being able to travel and mobilise back around. But well, what that'll happen. Like once, knows, once that goes, boom, you know. Yep, yep. Mate, what, mate we, we got out of, in Australia, we got out of the, uh, the GFC through the, the China commodity boom, right? That's effectively what dragged us through and we really didn't feel it. We're sitting on the edge of a possibility, and this, this is just a bit of a Fenton theory that's sitting in the background. Perhaps that's a segment of the show. But uh, so there's no there's no substantiation around this. I'm not telling you that this is the way that it's going to happen. But this is what my brain's thinking at the moment is that when we do open up borders again, there is a lot of money that's going to flow to Australia, a lot of investment money, a lot of housing money uh, is going to flow into the Australian sector. And that all other things being equal is going to give a really big kick. And the government know this very much so. And they're very much yeah. interested in it, right? Yeah, and well, I mean, they've got a... They've got an immigration policy that they're refining right now. It's like, oh, listen, we'll just let people in with lots of money. That's what they, they've already said it. They've, they, it's Still. already been inked. It's already been penned, right? Like that's the thing. And um, this one, uh, you know, this one here for 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 Robin, um, um, if we have a look at, you know, what this looks like, what has happened in the stimulus, Robin, is um, that. You would think, oh, everyone's just like you, beauty. Government's giving away money to like drunken sailors. Uh, let's let's spend up big. Well, that's actually not happened. Uh, people have put money into their offset accounts, into their savings accounts. They've squirrelled it away for a rainy day. It's actually pretty sweet if you have a look at you know um, this chart here. Disposable income and offset account balances have skyrocketed, skyrocketed. And uh, it's pretty interesting. So, you know, it. I, I don't think we're going to have a major lending issue, uh, Andy, like we did after the GFC. I, I, I don't see it. Um, but, you know, I'm not – I don't know everything, but I certainly don't see that being an issue right now. But certainly other things might pop up for us as we go along. But um, I think that one, both you and I have sort of said, well, I think Robin maybe will be uh, – will be will be okay i think with that one so you and, know, let's and the other bit. thing is that, that that if inflation does start to kick off well it means that people need to take their money out of their bank accounts and start spending it because it devalues faster when this totally yeah so yep. all yep. of these other things and this is why i talk about listening to the media we've got to understand a bit more depth because it's not just Headline well, don't, listen, don't bloody listen to the media, Andy. <laughs> just like don't bloody listen to the media. Hundred yeah. percent. But what just to, to finalise that stimulus part is that yes, JobKeeper two point uh, you know, coming to an end. Uh, further reductions in the amounts. Jason and I picked that long long time ago. Uh, yeah. That's happened. The instant asset write off, and there's various different tax concessions to companies which will continue to remain. And I think we're going to see a lot of movement uh, from uh, from the boys when they uh, when they drop the legislation or put the budget out there, uh, boys and girls rather. And here's you say my bet is here is a covert COVID stimulus that's going to come on, and there's also going to be some sort of COVID. Uh, taxes that or levies that will probably come on in the future. So I think, um, look, it's easy to look at the doomsday side of the equation and I think that we need to be mindful of it. But, you know, while it is what we call a risk-on period in, in financial markets, you've got to be playing the game because if you're not, yeah. you're sitting on the sidelines, you are toast. And it's the biggest problem that I'm facing with, with my clients and with every, and everybody's facing at the moment is that cash is doing nothing, so you've got to mobilise it. Uh, and you've got, you've got to make it work. Yeah. And so you, it's, yeah. it's, it, it used to be you got the best of both worlds. You could put your money in defensive assets and you would still earn coin. Now you're in or you're out. That's, you're in or you're out. Mate, you, you, I mean, you and I share a few clients uh, in, in how we help and serve our community and, um, yeah, those who've got big cash balances now are going, what do we do with our money? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, literally, you know, people with a few million dollars uh, going, yeah, I live a pretty good life. I, I get paid interest. I've been paid nothing, nothing. Uh, imagine, imagine that. 
$3 million in your bank account and you can't live off it. Uh, yep, there, there. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's rubbish, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's just not on. So, gang, you know, um, good questions, good questions. I've got a couple of questions here, Andy, where um, – we're doing good on the questions thing today. I think that's, no, uh, that's keep going. well. We, we, can, we yep. can save the uh, the other stuff for next week if we need to. That's yeah, good. yeah. Well, uh, Robin uh, Robin had a question here. She's saying she got three investment properties in rural Victoria, which are pulling mad prices. You know, what are the positives to selling it? Uh, we are fifty six and barely any super and hubby has a good wage. Now, I actually think this is an Andy Fenton question, and, and I think this is right up the Andy Fenton alley right here because Robin, um, uh, allegedly, I know someone who's really clever at this stuff, and uh, you know, you're probably in a very smart position to capitalize mm. oh. on on shifting assets and value and money from one one tax entity, which is your name, to another tax entity in a really efficient manner. So. Probably someone uh, I know really well, which how do I point at you? There we go. Um, <laughs> someone I know really well uh, could probably talk to you about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, Robin. You, Jason, I put. Uh, we we sometimes say that we've got a collective brain together, and I, I believe that to be true at times. But uh, we've uh, we, we've we've had a fair few chats in and around this, and we've been building strategies. Uh, exactly around this. Now, I can't take you through them. I'd love to take everyone through it right now, but there's a massive opportunity. I'd lose my license if I did um, because we're going to get into the very personal advice territory. But what Jason's saying, uh, and there there are some tricks to doing it, uh, right? So there's the big caveat here is that you cannot linear take those properties and put them into super, just not possible. But if you're at the age of 56, you've got nothing in super, then you got to figure out a way of getting that super balance super high uh, because that is going to be, uh, you know, a big tax haven for you for the rest of your life. May it be a long and happy and eventful, joyful one. Absolutely. Uh, and you are smack bang in the time uh, with, with the way that I look at the world that you need to be ramping up that accumulation and you can still be doing property and you can still be doing all of the stuff that you like because a lot of people believe that superannuation is is all share markets and stuff like that or an industry super fund or the banks take it. It's not like that. Superannuation is just a structure, right? What you choose to put into that can be you could put the Mona Lisa in there if you've got it, but you just can't look at it because that would make it an in-house asset. <laughs> Basically, the, the tax law and the superannuation law in and around it is that you can have the asset, but if you get joy from it, it's illegal. Um, that's a cynical way of looking at it. But yeah, You can get joy from the income. You can get joy from the income yeah, or the you value. Joy from the income, but not the yeah. uh, the actual thing itself. But uh, yeah. look, my, my advice would be that you do need to seek help uh, in regards to that. Uh, chat with some strategies. I know that uh, in Jason's mentoring group, uh, that, you know, we'll be bouncing around and can probably say a little bit more in those conditions and what we can in the in the broad public uh, as we are here. But, uh, mate, you are, if, like, we didn't know when we built these strategies out that this opportunity was coming. Like, we didn't know that there was going to be these rural properties that were just going to go gangbusters. Uh, and it's providing some great opportunity for people like yourselves to be able to do the big transition uh, of your own wealth structurally into something that's going to serve you extraordinarily well. Yeah, yeah, an absolutely extraordinary opportunity, and it it is a fact. You can see it on the uh, on the on the ATO website, and uh, and whatever it's factual, it's not financial advice. Uh, as a couple, you are at this point in time allowed to have three point two million dollars, one point six million dollars of assets each in your super and in retirement uh, it will be treated at this point in time the government may change the rule but who knows but um, uh, as a tax-free environment capital gains tax-free and income tax-free so it's smart to consider that robin um for your circumstance and uh talk to talk to someone smart about what that might look like all right Okay, <laughs> but yes, great question, Robin. Perfect question at the perfect time. And the awesome thing is you have some assets and you can now 
now take advantage of them smartly if you do the do the right thing when it comes to strategy. So, uh, good job. Um, and um, um, yeah, um, away you go. So uh, that's good. So now we've got uh, Diane just, was talking. Just before we jump on, just Robin, I saw your your next comment in the box. What you do with it afterwards is as crucial uh, as the strategy in there. Yeah. So yeah. regardless of whether you, it doesn't have to be me, bounce it back off the guys at Positive uh, if you're working with them, which I'm assuming you are, that if you're working with them, bounce it back off those guys at least. And if there's a gap, then we'll make sure that uh, that gap gets ironed out pretty quick. Yeah, nice. Nice, mate. Uh, and uh, we've got a couple of questions uh, here. Well, kind of maybe some, uh, some uh, maybe a little bit of sadness from Diane, but you've got a property in um, Kalgoorlie. Ah, I want to get rid of a property now in Kalgoorlie. Diane, what I would say, uh, Western Australia has, a, has had a 10-year, like 10-year, double-digit 10-year absolute shit show of uh, growth and decline. But for the first time in 10 years, the Western Australian market, WA, has started to move in the right directions. So uh, hang in there is what I would say for the moment. Uh, give it 12 months. Always happy to um, um, you know, give you a, a bit of an idea. If, you, if you've got a coach at Positive, awesome, connect with them. But, and if you haven't, you should get, come and chat to us. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, listen, hang in there for the moment. Diane uh, would be my uh, suggestion without diving deep into where you're at, okay? Um, give it 12 months. I think I think you're going to be okay. Um, and we've got um, uh, uh, Hardinger here. Um, he said, like, I've got a DHA property. Is it a good idea with a high rent, long lease, prices are high, but for the house compared to the same in the same suburb? Uh, mate, I'm not a big fan of DHA or any of that stuff when it comes to investing, primarily because uh, there's, a, there's a cost to the return on that property that um, you, can, you can put in your own pocket if you know what you're doing, mate. So, you know, uh, DHA is okay. Uh, you owning it and getting some education and knowing what you're doing is better, okay? So that's what I would say. Um, but again, I'll, I'll jump, jump in there, Jace, because this is one of my favourite areas, uh, and this is where. And I'm not saying this specifically about D, DHA, but I'm I'm going to talk generally about government, and I'm going to be a hater for a moment. Is uh, <laughs> is I've just seen it too many times, Jace. I've seen it far too many times where the governments yeah. come into sectors, whether it be agriculture, whether it be um, housing markets, they come into sectors and they create policy for the better of the world, right? And then they take their eye off the policy, all right? So they come in, they put all of these incentives in and they turn their back and they expect everything's going well, you're getting up to the bucket and then you get kicked in the face. Yes. And uh, that was meant to be a different slide there, which is going to be funnier, <laughs> but anyway, wrong, wrong, wrong button. But so I'll use the agri-sector as, as an example. I came in, loaded up tax savings, all right, and then ten years came back and said, "You guys screwed all of this up. You're all crooks," uh, and then helped blow the system up. Uh, now, what that does to me as an investor—not a property investor, but as an investor—I always look and go, "How much? How much uh, involvement? How much influence does the government have directly into these assets?" And if the answer is high, you've got you've got to put in your risk matrix political risk number one, right? That's and true, then- isn't it? You know, if, if, if you're benefiting from a government scheme, then uh, history shows that 99% of them end up in a disaster, you know, rather than a benefit long-term. If you're a short-term manoeuvrer, then maybe, but... Uh, the trail yeah. of decimation of, of good, in, uh, you know, government uh, ideas is, uh, is far longer than the ones that have been successful. Well, I, I can I can say, especially in the property market, that's for sure. Well, Alison, I know Alison is in uh, in the military, and, and she's not a fan of the DHA world either. So, you know, uh, as in living them in, in in them either. So, but the point the point is here, um, uh, uh, Haringer, 
Mate, I would say you can do better by direct investing yourself. I know, I know you can. I, 100% you can. You don't need DHA to take a margin on a property in a good area um, because they will limit the, the property's uh, ultimate income and value to you, okay? There's a benefit to them. So if you want one that you just couldn't be bothered managing and you, you didn't really care, then sure, DHA might work. But if you want better than that, then I'd, um, you know, get some coaching, get some support. You, you yeah. can do heap better. So that's my that's my tip for you, buddy. So hopefully that makes sense. And, um, and not uh, not saying anything negative about them on either side of the equation. Just trying to provide some perspective on uh, on various different options because as a part of an overall portfolio, could be great, right? But I'd want some blue chip in there, uh, you know, and I'd want. You know, I'd want to start to diversify in around property types as well. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, but I yeah. don't know about DHA world, but I do know about government intervention um, into investments. Yes, away you go. Uh, quick question maybe for you, Andy. Uh, Jane's um, asking for a little bit of advice with some help. Um, depending on what sort of help you're looking for, Jane, um, you know, certainly reach out. You can find uh, myself and Andy on Facebook. And look for both of us, um, Andy Fenton, uh, Fenton Financial, Jason Witten, Positive Real Estate. Track us down, send us a message, a direct message, and uh, maybe with a little bit of detail about what you what you need, and we can point you in the right direction. Always happy to help. Um, if it's someone we know, great. If it's someone we don't know, we can give you a few bullet point tips of the questions to ask and, and those sorts of things as well. So um, yep. uh, great, great questions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Al- Alison sort of because uh, she's got a bit of insight there. There's you know she's got some opinions here as well. So thanks for for adding some value there, um, awesome perspective at the very least, um, Alison. When it comes to you know some of the things that you know about DHA, you know sixteen percent um, management cost is pretty pretty significant when it comes to yeah. Yeah, uh, and I don't know anything about these things, but I'm already starting to read some of the comments and things, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, you know, that the sale is in the headlines, but the devil's in the detail, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know that sometimes uh, the percentage at the end of a big number uh, has a lot more weight uh, than than, yeah. it, than it really should, uh, yeah, and uh, right. so, yeah, maybe dig a bit deeper. All good, mate. All good. Uh, any other help, mate? Let just give us a shout out. Always happy to help out. But um, Andy, I think uh, I think we've uh, we've done all right tonight. Uh, other than our a little bit of a late start because of our technology issues, I think this streaming platform's worked out all right. It look, I think it's produced a nice show tonight for us. So really, uh, really happy with that. So we might put a pin in it, mate. Um, uh, any last thoughts or questions, or uh, any last thoughts or pontifications for the crew who who are dialed in and stuck with us tonight? Hundred percent, mate. Look, I, I'd just like to finish off with a little bit of a funny anecdote, which you and I chatted about uh, a few different times. And uh, it's always, you know, being prepared uh, is is one of the most important things, no matter what walk of life you're in. Uh, you've always got to test, and you've always got to measure, because you can't manage what you can't measure. And if you don't test it, you don't know whether it's going to work or not. And if you just full screen me for a tick, Jason, this. This can happen even to some of the biggest billionaires uh, on the planet because there was a launch. I was looking at um, at a Ute, and uh, there was a Tesla launch of uh, of a Ute, and I was oh yeah, that that sounds great. I, I wouldn't mind getting one of those. Let's have a look at, at what's happening there. And like Apple and like Steve Jobs used to do, they got up on stage, they did the big show, and this Ute can float. It is battery charged. It looks like a, a an alien vehicle. It's got bulletproof glass. Just look at this. <laughs> the live demonstration didn't go so well. Not only did he throw like a girl, and that is a pretty bad arm, not to, to insult the girls. Andy, Andy that's not very PC anyway. Throw, throw, throw not very well, all right? Throw not very well. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> a bit of the country boy coming i do apologize for that i've uh, I've, I've i've met many people who can throw 10 times better than me but that's not a great throwing style but uh but this is just case in point uh, when it comes to anything that you see in the news when it comes to any type of investment that you're looking at doing 
it's always about testing and measuring and being prepared because uh, you never quite know when you're going to go to throw that ball and you're going to crack the glass. And uh, (laughs) there's only one person who ends up with egg on their face when that happens. So, uh, you know, after our our DHS uh, conversation, I just thought that might be a good way of wrapping it up. Even Tesla can fail at a couple of things. Dead right. I love Tesla. I'm a big fan. Um, But, um, uh, mate, awesome. Excellent, amazing. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, Magna's going to give you a hiding for that one, Andy. Uh, Shay's already Shay has already texted her your comment, and uh, mate, you she's going to be flogging think, you hard. I think 40, <laughs> 41 or forty two shows, and for that to be the only bit of dirt that I've managed to that's managed to come out of my mouth after what what would be almost fifty hours worth of live streaming, I think I'm not doing too bad. I do apologise for it. Uh, and it, Michelle said, Michelle said she's going to like. Uh, <laughs> good on you, Michelle. Give it to him. Give it to him. <laughs> oh, I definitely need one of them, don't I? And I'm definitely going to cop it. I'm definitely going to cop it. But I am sticking. I am sticking with the comment that it's not bad. One faux pas in about fifty hours. Uh, I reckon. Uh, you know, I now know what Eddie Maguire feels like. That's it. Well, we'll leave it there, mate. We don't want to dig any further. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great to hang out no with apology. you on on uh, on a wonderful Wednesday, mate. Um, and uh, everybody, thanks for dialing in. Appreciate everyone here. And thanks, um, we're going to uh, do it again next Wednesday around about Thank the same you, time. Man. We should we should start on time that this time. I think maybe. Yeah, we'll see how we go. There's, there's a fifty fifty right. chance. 50-50 chance. All right, yeah. that's it. Thanks, everyone. Great, great to see you. Thanks, Andy, as always. Brother. Uh, adios. Thanks, Bob. Bye now. Happy Wednesday.